Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today is part two of my interview with my really good friend, Randall Ishida. And what he's going through is he's facing death, uh, has terminal cancer, not sure really how long he has to live. But the biggest thing that's on his mind right now is preparing his disciples to take his place and to continue to extend the gospel and the kingdom of God in the world that we live in. Enjoy this. Right now we're going through a book, a very short chapters, short book. So it's very interactive and we need to keep it that way. Uh, I've been, I've sat, sat in on home churches where it's a preaching and a sermon. And I'm thinking, man, you know, there's no interaction here. And, and again, that's the beauty behind the micro or the, uh, micro churches you know to me it's a interesting thing when you use the word micro church one, one thing that we know about the word church right now is to sometimes to outsiders it's a bad word uh to insiders it's like hey take this thing seriously but we got to kind of redefine it church if if we're thinking for insiders or outsiders if we're thinking about a building or a building with a steeple or a building with pews in it that's kind of a downer for a lot of people. But if we're thinking about kind of Acts 2 church, where the people are eating together, hanging out together, sharing life, um, in, in our situation, usually the content doesn't come in the, in the form of a sermon or even a Bible teaching. The content comes in, you were in the word, we all read this this week, or we read some book this week. And we all come together. And so you, we've jobbed out the, the gleaning of content. Now we're coming together to, to do the interaction. But as, as soon as we take it from a Bible study, which tends to be one, one way, one guy's talking, everybody else is listening, several things happen. Uh, the, the leader has to assume that they're a pastor. And they take things much more seriously. There tends to be longevity to the group. A Bible study starts and ends easily. Uh, a, a microchurch can go on for a lifetime. There is um, a, a focus on, on relationships, interactivity, uh, mutual support. When we're praying for each other, we're helping each other. Spiritual gifts come into play. Getting, getting that word church into it rather than study or some kind of a class or whatever uh, has, has made a huge difference in the way that we've all done things. It's, it's changing my life. In, in a lot of really, really good ways. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Japan and your relationship over there. And um, Mari, you know, I knew Mari a long time ago, uh, one of our most successful churches in Japan. They sent a guy out to uh, plant a church. Mari was his wife. He committed adultery and broke up the marriage. Uh, he's, he has since repented. I'm in contact with him. Uh, he's, he's trying to do a Facebook church right now, uh, years after the event. This thing happened decades ago. And Mari's a successful businesswoman. But, uh, you know, there, you kind of wear this um, scarlet letter D for divorcee in Japan. It, it never goes away. <clears throat> so there's a certain kind of Japan being a shame culture. There's a certain kind of shame that she's forced to deal with. And and then she, but, but she begins to do, she wouldn't have called it a microchurch. She's, but she was doing a microchurch. And then you came into her life 
and you're again the catalyst you you kind of helped her quantify what she's doing you endorsed what she's doing and then you've been supporting her long distance and by the way i need to clarify for everybody that's listening this is not a relationship that's romantic it's a relationship that's a discipling relationship talk talk to us a little bit more about mari and what you know what's going on there well monaco um yeah, what we, we suggested to her was exactly what you're saying. You need to put church into the equation. Um, and I said, you have a name for your, you know, home church? And she said, lighthouse. So we worked up a, a picture of a lighthouse in a storm and... Uh, had Rack do some graphics on it. Um, I said, okay, so when people come into your house now, you're gonna have this banner, yeah, right there that says Lighthouse Church. This is no longer your living room because in Japan, if you're the host or hostess, that's all important. You're expected to do everything. So how do we turn this into, I'm going to Mariko's house for home church or, you know, small group or whatever they call it to, I'm going to church. And now your living room becomes a sanctuary because in Japan culture, if you go as a guest, you're the host or hostess is expected to provide everything, okay? So if we're doing this, we need to teach, uh, we need to talk about servanthood. Um, and because a couple of people said, oh, I just go there to relax, you know? Well, um, we need to talk about having the heart of a servant and everybody plays, everybody gets involved. So when you when you use the word sanctuary, some people out there are hearing a room with rows of chairs because that 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 word, which comes from the Old Testament, from the temple, has been applied to church auditoriums all around the world. And so there's some people that are listening to us talk that are thinking that uh, there's a sign that says Lighthouse Church. It's a sanctuary. So it looks really churchy in their brain right now. And I know that's not true. So talk to us about, I mean, sanctuary is like a place of sanctuary from a storm. And in, and in Japan, where usually the hostess would do everything, part of life in the sanctuary is, is, is serving one another. Am I right? Correct. I guess sanctuary. I guess tabernacle would be a better, maybe a better fit. Yeah. Um, but organize it so people understand that once a week, this is no longer Mariko's living room. This is where we come to worship. And you know, so they talk. They started talking about servanthood. Um, it's hard to get them to talk about tithing. That seems to be a no-no in Japan. Um, I don't know if it offends people, but uh, that's one thing that, that, that that's a tough one. Um, 
yeah, we, we're still we're still battling with that. Talk to us about um, how how you and Monaco relate to each other. Um, you know, there, I mean, people always come down to logistics, the questions that they have. You know, how, how often do you talk? Is it, are you following some sort of a, a manual? You know, how, how does this work out in terms of, and by the way, how long has this been going on? Because it's been going on for several years now. About three or four years, <clears throat> I think. Uh, they even tried to rent a space uh, because in Japan, appearance is everything. Yeah. So if they had a room rented in some building, uh, that would lead, lend more credibility, yeah, so to speak, to church in Mariko being the shepherd or pastor. Uh, and she's attracting people that, that normally uh, wouldn't come to Crossroads. You know, um, it's very different in Japan. One of her members had to ask permission of her church to leave. And if she wasn't given permission, she would have to stay. So, yeah, they're dealing with a whole different set of values and cultural norms than we are. So um, have to be careful how we put things to them. Uh, I'm still learning. So talk to us, uh, how, how often do you and, and Mariko communicate? Um, not too often now, once every maybe three months or six months. Um, things have changed in Japan, so everybody's scrambling to, you know, form new businesses or, uh, but her microchurch quieted down for a while, and now it's back on the upswing. Um, she's trying to open a preschool. She had an English school. She's attempting to, uh, to open a preschool with a few other people. So, uh, and Nobu has moved to back to his hometown in Kanazawa. He was one of Fumi's uh, leaders. And I suggested to him, oh, it's time to start, you know, ask your pastor for permission to start a mini church yeah, at your house. Um, and see where that leads it might be just one other couple but they just had a newborn so uh, and noble is trying to lead a mini church i feel yeah, he's it's wasted if he does it yeah we hate to see waste <laughs> so randy as we're um, kind of winding this thing down i i want you to uh uh, tell somebody who's been, they've been in church for most of their adult life and they're frustrated. They're, they, they, they're seeing pockets of people that aren't being reached by the church they're part of. Uh, you're still in, uh, in a larger church that, that you're, um, you're a leader in. 
but you're on the side, you're doing microchurches. And so assuming that there's a person like that, I, I'm in my church, I want to stay in my church, I want to stay in good graces with my church, but I see opportunity and I see need and it's not being met. What, give, give me three to four things, step, step, step. What, what, would, what, do you, what do you do? Where do you start? I mean, to me, I, I'd go sit in a coffee shop and try to make friends with somebody I didn't know. Uh, of a different, you know, people group, but are, what, what would you do? Uh, and, and what would you tell me to do? Well, first of all, it's not about starting small groups within your church. You know, it's always about reaching, what do they call it? Outreach. Yeah. It, it, whether you do it with the homeless people on the street do it with intention, not just to feed them a sandwich, but um, that's a perfect place to start microchurches in homeless communities. You know? uh, and, you know, you could, I don't know, there's, there's so many venues out there uh, to reach the loss. And you know, so get together with people outside the church. Uh, we always want to hang with Christians and churchy people. Um, you know, I don't think Jesus did that. We, we, we need to um, give ourselves permission to reach the lost. That sounds weird, but, uh, you know, and... All you're doing really is making friends. And you taught us that. Um, you know, and we don't really need permission to go out and share the gospel. But yeah, we pray that God will use us as an instrument um, in the most unlikely of places. So if I was to say, what do you do? It's like, go out, get out, get out of the street and, and find out what people are thinking. A great way, a great opener is, hey, what do you think God is doing with this pandemic? You know, and just, it steers the conversation to God without being, you know, without lording over them with, hey, let's get into a Bible study or you know, sometimes I've asked that question, and I, but I'll ask it like, if there is a God, what do you think He's doing with whatever? Um, oh, that's good. And I and I try to make room for the person who's agnostic or even atheist to you know to to you know, maybe in a slanderous way. Well, I don't believe there's a God, but if there was a God, and off we go, and uh, there, something changes in in that particular conversation. Soon as they begin to discuss God in a rational way, um, good things come about. If you could just say, you know, to whoever's listening to this, whatever you wanted to say to them, um, you know, 30 words or less, what would you say? You know, the most important thing that you realize uh, when your time is short is relationships. 
and friendships, the love that, that I'm seeing from friends is beyond words. And uh, I received a care package from Japan yesterday and it had all the goodies that I like. And Miko and Fumi went out and I could see them, you know, oh, Randy would like this. Now the postage cost double of whatever the contents were, but it was the action of love that they went out and did this. And I'm just overwhelmed. So whatever time I have left and whatever gift I've been given of faith, you know, I just pray that 24 seven, we can use it to build out. The mission's not done. I'm not finished. And uh, when I, I thought, when I go home, we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But sometimes I feel like, eh, not bad, come in. <laughs> you know, I think I'll settle for that because at times, you know, at, at times I am very unchristian. I'm very, uh, I, I'm just broken. So with that said, you know, I just appreciate the relationships and the friendships that, uh, that the Hope Chapel DNA has provided. But our DNA is anchored firm in Hope Chapel. And that's what I tell, uh, you know, that's what I share with Dan and all the old mature guys been with you for 30 years. We have to continue pass on this DNA to the next generation. This is not something, you know, uh, that we just take for granted. You know, I get frustrated um, in, a, in a way. I, I, I appreciate when people use terms like Hope Chapel DNA. But to me, Hope Chapel DNA is basically three or four scriptures. It's, it's Acts 2, the last seven verses. It's Ephesians 4, the uh, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, where everybody shares. And it's Romans, I think it's chapter 15, verse 14, where he, he hasn't met these people, and he says, I'm convinced, my brothers, that you're full of all goodness, which can only be because of the Holy Spirit, that you have all knowledge, which can only be that you have knowledge of God through his word, and that you're equipped to teach one another, uh, which is what the Holy Spirit does in the lives of people. And to me, I, I put those scriptures together, and Hope Chapel is actually the DNA is you know, a handful of scriptures that we scraped together and came up with a kind of a worldview and, and, a, and a, a view of the ministry. And we, we just kind of stick to these basic, simple scriptural truths. Yeah, those pillars are something that um, it's ingrained in us. And that's why I call it Hope Chapel DNA. Um, you know, it, it's how I reacted as a servant to this cancer. Um, I know I, 
my, I went through weeks of wondering, is this just denial? And of course, we go to the Bible for the acid test. And uh, everything pointed toward the Hope Chapel DNA and the love that um, you never stop experiencing. Yeah, the love of Jesus that uh, is there. So, but I've got some time. I'm not going anywhere tomorrow. But uh, hopefully whatever time God's grace is, is giving me, it's going to be used for kingdom building. Yep. Good.